1: What is up? What has happened? We are on to week 14. The season just keeps flying by, but here we are. You know, heck, we're, we're not even, that far. what, four or five weeks away from the NFL playoffs, which is one of my favorite times of the year for DFS. But I digress. We have week 14 to focus on. Maddie, back again, rocking with us, as always. As always. As always. So, the dynamic duo. How are you living?
0: Doing good, man. Uh, this is definitely an interesting slate, so uh, i'm I'm excited to hop in and chat about this one. We've got you know a couple games that are gonna be could be high scoring, and then the rest of the slate is under a uh, forty four Vegas total. So uh, definitely interested to talk through this one with you.
1: Yeah, I think this one's gonna be interesting this week. Um, you know, hey, uh, you know at first, it was looking like the Steelers uh, Vikings game on Thursday night was gonna be absolutely dog water. But uh, you know they've kind of made it a little interesting. You know, still nine minutes left in the game. But uh, yep. Anyways, let's just jump right into it. So as we always do, we go position by position, and uh, let's start off with the quarterback position. So we have Patrick Mahomes at the top at eight K. We have Josh Allen at seventy eight hundred. Tom Brady at seventy six hundred. Lamar Jackson at seventy four. Justin Herbert at seventy one. Dak Prescott at sixty seven hundred. Russell Wilson at 66, Ryan Tannehill at 64, and Joe Burrow at 6K rounds out the, the, the top the, the top guys. So as you already know, Josh Allen is definitely gonna and and Tom Brady are probably gonna carry some of the most ownership in this game. And then you have, you know, at the other game with Patrick Mahomes. So the top three guys is where you know a lot of people are gonna want to play. I think that the, the one quarterback I think you're going to bring up that I absolutely agree with is Dak Prescott. I think could end up being leverage off all of these guys. So Maddie, tell me where you where you're rocking this week.
0: Yeah, so I've I've recently been trying to pay down at QB, and and that might not change this week. Uh, if I'm paying up, it's probably going to be for Tom Brady. Uh, it seems like Leonard Fournette is coming in as the highest on running back on this slate, and if that's the case, I'm just going to be you know, opposite the field and, and load up on the, the highest total game uh, of the week in that Tampa Bay game and just play the, the greatest quarterback of all time and play Tom Brady. So I know people are going to talk about Buffalo's number one ranked pass defense, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, Tom Brady can, can throw, you know, four touchdowns on pretty much anybody. So uh, I think he's very interesting if paying up. Outside of that, uh, we mentioned earlier in our chat that there's a – uh, possibility Tony Pollard might miss the game for the Cowboys because he he tore something in his foot on that long touchdown run he had against the Saints last Thursday night. And if if that's the case, Zeke is already banged up, uh, and he's you know struggling to get through games uh, at this point. And you know they're not going to give Corey Clement, who's the number three on that roster, a ton of run. And it would it would essentially just fall on Dak's shoulders to throw uh, more than they have been. So uh, I definitely uh, think Dak would be very interesting. If Tony Pollard were to miss that game, I would give him a boost. Um, other than that, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 5,800, is somebody that I have interest in against Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati. or I'm sorry, San Francisco is likely to be without Elijah Mitchell. He's in concussion protocol, uh, and he's still not practicing. So uh, Jeff Wilson is slated to be the number one running back, and he's dealing with a knee injury himself, but he practiced in full today. Then you got Jamichael Hasty coming back off an ankle injury and they just signed Brian Hill uh, off of, you know, the street. So uh, it's, it's a running back room that, you know, dealing with banged up guys, you don't have Elijah Mitchell in there. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, they've been good against the run this year. They've not been as good against the pass. Uh, So, so Jimmy G and the San Francisco pass offense um, is definitely interesting to me. And then it sounds like uh, Taysom Hill is good to go assuming he is still the starting quarterback you it's really really hard to not play him at 5600 against the new york football jets uh that may be where i start my teams and we saw you know the the value that he provides uh with his legs just last week against dallas i mean 11 attempts for 101 rush yards racked up 28 dk points and uh, we saw it last year too you know he, he had you know I don't think he had less than 18 and, and, and was scoring in the twenties regularly and he's still only 5,600. Uh, and he, he should be the starting QB here against the worst defense in the NFL. So uh, Taysom Hill is probably as of right now, where I'm going to start my builds this week, uh, assuming he plays.
1: And I assume, are you just going to play him naked? Or are you going to pair him with like Alvin Kamara or? I'll probably end up playing him naked
0: because of his price. And because of his rushing upside is is really what unlocks his upside for him. It's it's kind of similar to how I've been playing Tyrod the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then I played Minshew last week, which obviously, you know, pairing Minshew with Goddard was the stone nuts. But the Saints offense, I mean, we always see them, you know, random guys will hit with, with monster scores, you know. Um, you know, Deont- it was Deontay Harris last week. Uh, we've seen Callaway have, you know, two catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. We've, you know uh, Traquan Smith can go out there and, 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 you know, have a decent enough game that Taysom Hill's having a, a good game, but Traquan's not really paying off his salary. Um, you know, they can get tight ends involved. They can throw to running backs, which they've got three of them. Uh, there's just a lot of different ways that the saints can attack you, uh, that with not, you know, great players, but, you know, a lot of different role-playing guys. Uh, and it's just hard to have confidence in, in, pairing one of them with the QB. Now the the Philly situation was a little different, right? With Minshew, because you got one of two options, right? That offense, if they're going to throw more is going to, is going to flow through uh, Dallas Goddard or Devontae Smith. It's not really going to flow through anybody else. So the the fact that Dallas Goddard had a monster week attached to Minshew did not really surprise me. um, And I don't necessarily think that there's going to be a similar situation uh, like that with the Saints. And, I'm assuming you just saw Kirk Cousins throw an interception because you were looking at the TV and shaking your head. So, uh, classic Kirk Cousins.
1: I know. I, was, I, was, I, was, I look over and I see a Steelers. I'm like, wait, what's happened? I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. So, the Steelers still have life. Because they're, I mean, they're right down inside at, the, at least the 20 or, yeah, they're almost inside the goal or inside the red zone. So, Steelers might make a game of this again. So, uh, anyways. So for me, I think that, one, I'm going to have interest in Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think that he is going to have the interest that he should. And, yes, Patrick Mahomes, especially lately, has not played as well as what we've seen. But the last time we saw Patrick Mahomes play really well was against this very same Raiders defense. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the highest-priced quarterback on the slate, but they do have the highest-applied point total as well at 28.75, which is higher than the Bucks uh, and the Bills, uh, for that matter. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> You know, this is also as an offense that's going to throw a ball a ton. You know, they're second most in pass plays per game. It's been, it was kind of one interesting stat that I was kind of, uh, inter- uh, you know, not interested in, but that I was a little bit surprised by. But they're actually fourth in deep ball attempts. And so much has been made this year about taking away the deep ball and then not really throwing deep. Uh, considering that he is actually fourth in deep ball. Oh, yeah. Patty Fry touchdown. Patty Fry. Uh, so that's that's good there uh anyways <clears throat> but he's also fifth in air yards he's, he's ninth in red zone completion percentage he's only 27th and in, in deep ball completion percentage but like i said the last time they played this team he threw for four yards and five touchdowns in that game against uh, you know on the road against the raiders and the raiders do allow the ninth most dk points to quarterbacks and i think he's he's decent leverage off of you know the high owned you know brady and allen um uh you know, high on Brady and Allen. And so I like Patrick Mahomes at his price. And I think if you want to get different because Tyreek uh, is looking like he is going to be chalk this week at 8,500, I think just, just go play uh, Travis Kelsey, who's he's still probably going to be the highest owned tight end, but his, his ownership is much lower at what nine, 10%. And then I think if you really want to get different, put one of the running backs in there with Patrick Mahomes and soak up all this. Cause I think this game could actually, it could, could go off here. And so um, you know, I I really like going that direction. Uh, with Patrick Mahomes, and then you know, if I you know, I 100% agree. Dak Prescott at 6,700 is just is a great spot. You know, and the, the interesting too is like that's how you attack Washington is through the air. Like you know, they are much better against the run than they are against the pass, and so everything's setting up for this to be a big time Dak Prescott type game. And at 6,700, you could pair him with his pass catchers and. You know, I think that makes for a really solid stack. And I think if you want to run it back, like I don't mind. You know, I know Terry McLaurin hasn't been uh, great, but he has it in him to uh, be a solid option. I think you could go RSJ if he comes back as well as a run back option in this offense. So uh, I do like that quite a bit. If I'm paying down a quarterback, one quarterback you did not bring up that uh, I'm going to have a lot of interest in that I will probably uh, that you also could play naked is Cam Newton. He's only 5,400, gets a great matchup against Atlanta. I know the last time he played, he did not look very good at all. Uh, You know, he scored 8.81 DK points that game, 5 for 21, just an embarrassing performance by him. But, you know, they had the bye. I actually think that that playing him uh, without Christian McCaffrey, because they're going to have to rely on him more to to run the ball, I think, especially once they get down inside the goal line. He's going to get far more opportunities down there. to be able to put up some points as well. And so Cam Newton, I think is, is in a great spot at 5,400. People are going to, are, are going to, you know, be afraid, especially with rec bias, but the last time that he played, and I just think other people are going to want to go in much different spots. And so, especially with Taysom Hill, only 5,600 playing the jets, you know, only, only $200 more. I just don't think people are going to get to Cam Newton. And I think that's a mistake. Like Cam Newton has 30 point upside in him. And, he can definitely get there. And so, you know, we saw, you know, the actually the week before that, where he put up 26.16 in that game, um, you know, on the back of two uh, of two touchdowns or three touchdowns, excuse me, one was rushing 10 rushing attempts, 46 yards. And so I like Cam Newton here at this price tag, and I don't think he's going to be nearly as popular as he should be. Yeah.
0: I, I looked at Cam Newton originally. Um, when I took a first pass through pricing and, and, uh, I just you know I just feel way better about playing Taysom Hill uh, against the Jets than I do about Cam Newton just because of how bad Cam has looked. Um, but Atlanta, the Atlanta defense is bad enough that it, I don't know that it really matters, right? Uh, another guy in that same price range. I don't I don't didn't hear if you mentioned him, but Heineke on the other side of that that Dallas game. Uh, I think he's interesting at, at his price tag of fifty six hundred. So um, definitely another interesting cheap way to get exposure to the second highest total game on the slate.
1: Uh, yeah, and then you know, I think uh, just a few other – what about Russ Wilson? Do you have any – I mean, 6,600 against Houston. Eventually this passing offense is going to have to get things going. I know that, you know, with, with Houston, with I think Davis Mills, I think is expected to start in that game. Like maybe they don't have to – maybe they just try to run the ball, but like they don't have any good running back. You know, like, like who are they yeah. gonna who are they gonna rely on? Adrian Peterson, Rashad Penny. You know, I like Rashad Penny, but the guy can never stay healthy. But they don't have anybody that you like you can truly depend on to sit there and just run the ball right down their throat. And so, I think Russ, like this, could be a big time Russ spot inside a dome. You know, on the road against Houston, that everybody just kind of we look back on this week. I, I would not have any run back option here. Probably, I mean, maybe you could talk me into Brandon Cooks, maybe. But, you know, if you want to run back. But, like, I don't think you have to. I don't think it's required. And I think going Russ with, you know, DK or Tyler Lockett, I guess you could get exposure to this without doing that and just paying some of his pass catchers and not going with a stack here. But I think this could end up being a stack that, uh, that, that you know, that is one that ends up being overlooked. And then, I mean, Justin Herbert would make so much sense here. But I don't know. Like, can can Mike Glennon do anything to push no. them? To hey, he's not even to starting them? It's, it's Jake Fromm. No, no, Mike Lennon. Got they cleared. rolled him in? Yeah. He got cleared? cleared. Yeah, he cleared Coucher Protocol. Okay. Yeah. All right, okay. I mean, it doesn't even matter between the two. So the answer is so no. He was limited. He, yeah, he was, he was back at practice today. So it sounds like Mike Lennon's going to be the, the quarterback. Uh, so anyways, we'll see. But regardless, I mean, it's it not is, like there's a – It doesn't
0: sound like he's been cleared yet. It sounds like he's trending in the right direction. He was, yeah, I saw he's he's, he's yeah. uh, he's questionable. Okay. He got back to limited practice, which means he's heading in the right direction to play. Yeah, because uh, um, tweets what I was seeing earlier this week, like Monday, Tuesday, was Jake uh, from was preparing to start, like he was in you know, in all the meetings and whatnot as the starting QB. And maybe which, they could. I mean, is there really a difference
1: yeah. between him and there Matthews is no against difference? Against yeah, that's right. that's point, really. Yeah, but no. like Justin Hurts in the Smash Bot at home against the Giants, but I just don't. I, I don't know because like we've seen two different kind of things here with the like with the uh, the the charge. I can see them still just just throw all over them, right? Like it's definitely the range of possibilities for them. Now we do have a situation going on with their wide receivers. Obviously, Keenan Allen uh, is is still in the the COVID protocol. Mike Williams was a close contact, so at first there was confusion. It sounded like he wasn't going to be available, but now it sounds like he may he may be available that he can pass. Um, uh, the protocol, and if, so he could possibly be available. We, and we haven't really heard anything more on on Keenan Allen. It sounds like he's more out uh, than what is
0: uh, Mike yeah, Williams because Keenan Allen was the one to test positive, right? Yeah. So and then those he, are the guys. He's got to turn in
1: double negatives
0: by Friday. like yes. Friday, Saturday. The time, the twenty-four hours. He's got yeah. he got to turn in two. Uh, but yeah, the other receivers were just close contact. so they're not on the same rules uh, as Keenan Allen. So.
1: Right, but I mean Justin Herbert at seventy one hundred. I mean we've seen that this guy has monster ceiling, but I I, I would be floored if if the Giants could, could really push them to have to yeah to really do a whole lot, you know? Yeah, and I agree. I mean, we really haven't seen them in in a blowout, you know? Like most of these, most every game they played in has been pretty close, and so I don't really know what to expect if this team is going to, what they're going to do because I mean are they just going to run Austin Eckler and their and their running backs the entire time? And, you know, throw limited, you know, or be, or they could get there being efficient. But overall, like, I just don't think there's enough there to really be able to to, to really play a lot of Justin Herbert, which I, I, I love playing him. I, I play him almost every single week just because of his incredible ceiling. But I don't think this is it for him. So I think yeah. that, that that's kind of where I come in. You know, it's, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, Dak, um, Cam Newton for me. And then I may end up going a little bit different, and play, having like a Derek Carr lineup too, just because uh, you know, the Chiefs, you know, have been a team that uh, has had trouble. Now, they've been much, much, much better the last month and a half of the season with limiting opponents, especially in Arrowhead. But I will say this. The Raiders always tend to take one from the Chiefs every year, and they almost beat them last year in Arrowhead. And so, like, this is going to be a game that's going to be a pretty interesting game here. And so I would not be shocked. And we're not looking at uh, disgusting weather like we had last week in <laughs> yeah. Night game where they, they had kind of this – it wasn't as bad as the Patriots game, but it wasn't that far off of how windy it was uh, in that game.
0: Yeah, I uh, I agree. That that game was hilarious, uh, seeing the, the pregame videos of the kickers kicking one direction, the wind was knocking it down and spitting it out 20 yards uh, Yeah, but the, off target. In the, the, the other direction, it was like you created a, a Madden
1: kicker with 100 power leg. His, his kicks would have been good from 80 yards. And the, the, the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs game wasn't that far off. I mean, it was windy as as hell uh, yeah. here in Kansas City. So, anyways, I think unless you have any other quarterbacks that you really want to hit on, I think that's, those are kind of the guys that uh, we have. And you want to ro- move over to running back? Yeah, let's move over. Oh, no. Steelers might just get the ball back. Uh, a little bit of time remaining. Anyway, so let's move over to running back. So, uh, Austin Eckler, going to be one of the most chalkiest running backs on the slate, 8,300. Smash matchup against the Giants like we just talked about uh you know alvin Kamara, 7900 uh playing against the jets we'll talk about that one for sure joe mixon at 7700 nick chubb at 7600 leonard fournette at 7400 zeke at 7300 Cordero patterson at 6900 you have elijah mitchell and deandre swift but neither one of them sound like they'll play at 6700 or 6600 tony pollard also at 6400 does not all sound like he's gonna play josh jacobs at 6200 Clyde edwards lair at 6100 and antonio gibson this continues to be uh, underpriced at 6k and Saquon Barkley at 6k as well. So as, as far as these top guys who are who are you uh, interested most in playing? Yeah, so uh
0: Kamara seems to be like green light all systems go. He's a full participant in practice already on on Wednesday this week. Uh, and w- we've seen it, you know, with da- just just tonight with Dalvin you know, nobody wants to play these guys that are coming off uh a, a, a injury and that are questionable coming in. And, uh, you know, th- when we get these star players that are playing, you know, they're going to get their full workload most of the time. And we may get Kamara at a, at a cheaper, uh, lower ownership than we typically do. So uh, – and he's playing against the, the freaking New York Jets, uh, which is, you know, a matchup that we obviously would be playing him no matter what uh, if he didn't have that injury question – uh, coming in, and we've seen him, you know, with upside of of 37 fantasy points already this year against Seattle. Granted, that was 11 targets that game, but, uh, I mean, they may not need to utilize him that much against the Jets this week, and especially with Taysom at QB. Um, you know, there there is merit to just, on a low-scoring slate like this, uh, where we've got low totals all across the board, uh, the Saints are still going to put up points against the Jets, and, and there is merit uh, to just playing you know, Taysom and Kamara on the same team and just getting all of the saints points. And if, then you don't have to be tilted from, uh, from rushing touchdowns and which ones they go to, as long as Mark Ingram Ingram doesn't get them. So um, I love Kamara at the top. Uh, outside of that Leonard, it's worth mentioning Leonard Fournette is just coming in as the highest zone uh, running back on the slate, uh, which is him and Eckler, which is interesting uh, because we've seen, you know, this Tampa Bay offense when, when the passing, attack is chalk you play fournette and when fournette's chalk you just play the passing attack so we may be in a spot here where you know the the everybody's looking at this buffalo passing defense and, and saying we don't want to play them we want to play fournette and it may be a good spot to get leverage uh by playing the passing offense as a pivot off fournette so uh definitely looking uh to get off of fournette here uh an interesting one for me so josh jacobs is is coming in at 6200 and he's Uh, He saw nine targets last week. He saw seven targets in week 11. And the notable injury here is uh, Kenyon Drake is out for the year. Uh, You know, he had to get, uh, I think it was foot surgery. So what's interesting is Jacob's targets had been going up with Kenyon Drake uh, even on the field. And now that he's out, you know, Kenyon Drake pretty much missed the whole game last game. And I know Jalen Richard was also out on COVID and he's likely going to be coming back. So he will definitely handle, you know, some of the passing uh, down work, but I mean, Jacobs saw nine targets last week uh, and he's 6,200 against Kansas city, who you can run the football on. Um, and he's going to be on the field getting a ton of touches. So I like Josh Jacobs a lot of 6,200. Um, Saquon Barkley is the other one for me. And I know we just talked about, you know, how the hell are the giants going to keep up? and actually, you know, put any points on the board against the Chargers. But the one, the one knock on the Chargers defense is the, the run defense is among the worst in the NFL. Uh, and we finally got Saquon Barkley without Daniel Jones last week and Saquon Barkley checked in with nine targets. Um, and that was, you know, obviously his highest on the year. His next highest was seven back all the way back in week three, uh, when you take the running QB of Daniel Jones out of the equation, Saquon Barkley goes back to his Eli Manning days and gets those, those dump offs uh, that the QB doesn't want to look down the field and, or take sacks. So they just dump it off to Saquon. So, you know, you could see a good chunk of that. He's, he's only 6k. He's very interesting. Um, Outside of that, uh, it's the 49ers running backs are going to be interesting for me. And um, I know I'll let you talk about uh, Javante Williams as well, if, if Melvin Gordon's out, but, um, the 49ers running backs. So it looks like Elijah Mitchell is slated to miss this game with a concussion. Uh, Jeff Wilson is currently, he's practicing in full and he is slated to be the number one running back on Sunday. And outside of that is to Michael Hasty as the, as the change of pace back. So they're 4,400 and 4k, uh, respectively. So they're interesting. I'm not sure I'm going to get there because I, I think there's guys you can play that have safer workloads, but I mean, Jeff Wilson's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, as well at four thousand four hundred, assuming he's the starting running back. So, uh, talk to us about uh, Javante Williams if Melvin Gordon were to miss. I mean, if
1: he were to miss, he is the absolute smash plays. Lock him in one hundred percent of lineups. Uh, it's just that simple. We saw what he just did against the Chiefs. He it would he would just destroy the uh, <laughs> this this the, this this defense. the The Lions are not very good against the run. I do expect Melvin Gordon to play, though. I will say that. Um I would be more surprised if he didn't uh play at this point because he's been getting in practice, he was limited today, and it sounds like he is probably trending in the direction of play. So that's
0: good, because I didn't want to have to play Javante Williams at 40 45 50% ownership, which is exactly what he would have been. Oh
1: boy. I'm sorry, things are getting interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this game's good. Chase Claypool keeps kids racking up catches after catch, after catch, after catch. Anyway. So for me, okay. So i, I running back. So for me, listen, I we don't tell you how great Austin Eckler is to play. I mean, he is in an absolute smash spot against the giants, especially if they're missing some of these guys that can see even mm-hmm. more targets than what he typically sees. And so he is just in an incredible spot this week at 8,300, but he's also going to carry a ton of ownership, right? I think Alvin Kamara is actually really, really strong uh leverage off of Austin Eckler. And he's not gonna carry nearly the ownership. And Mark Ingram got put on uh COVID protocol. And oh he so, did. I missed that. I missed yes, that. Mark Ingram's on COVID protocol. Oh that's
0: that's big. Yeah Kamara, yeah I I mean I it's you ha- you almost have to play Kamara at that
1: point. Because there's yes. nobody behind him. No. I mean it's what Tony Jones Ty Montgomery right and so like 700 and it's the the nut matchup the nut matchup against against the jets right i mean this is we're talking about the worst run defense in the league and it's not even fucking close this is how the jets allow 36.9 dk points per game the seahawks are the next closest at 31.9 almost 5 full dk points ahead right and so it's just not even close. This defense has been so bad. They've been terrible against pass catching running backs. They've been terrible against you know every running back, right? Anyways, uh, I got a lineup that's that's uh, that's that's cooking right now. Um, Let's go. That's in the top two hundred. So, uh, anyways, so oh, you might have to pause uh, here in a, here in a
0: second because there's going to be one more play with two seconds left uh, inside the ten yard line. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what do you need? What do you need? What are we sweating here?
1: Just Claypool. Yeah. I, have, I have Claypool. And Claypool just keeps moving, moving on. Or, or really Deontay
0: at that point. Okay, Deontay just caught a crossing route for about ten yards. Big Ben also just went over the three hundred yard mark with that, so that was a, that's a three point bonus. I would love a Claypool uh, touchdown here. Yeah, they're on the twelve yard line.
1: So I'm at yeah, I'm at one sixty
0: five.
1: All right, I'm gonna. I know I'm ahead of you, so I'm gonna watch this play, and I'm not gonna tell you what happens. Essentially Claypool, Deontay, and we're and we're, we're 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 dancing. Cause I have both them with Big Ben. Anyways, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> Uh, no one was here dead air. Uh so so anyways, so I Alvin Kamara is in an absolute smash bot. And like I said, uh I'm probably gonna have the over well over uh, over the field and overweight on Alvin Kamara because he's practicing in full, so it's not like he's limited in any sort of way. And like I said, it's just the it's just the best matchup you possibly could probably get this weekend for any running back. And he's gonna be all by himself, okay? Oh, he dropped he it. He dropped it. He's also Kamara's also good leverage.
0: If Taysom Taysom Hill becomes shot. he's not only is he leverage off Eckler, but he's leverage off of Taysom. Unless you're playing them together, and get just getting all of the Saints points.
1: No, for sure. And and so I just he's going to see a ton of targets. And the only worry be with Taysom is 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 that uh, that is he going to target him that much? But regardless of that, so I absolutely love playing Alvin Kamara uh at, at the price you know i don't really care there, there's no um i think he's a pretty easy play now with a lot of these running backs really looking like they're going to be out or questionable i 100 am on board with the uh josh jacobs play right he if he has been as you as you kind of talked about with him he's been he has been very very underrated this year and the chiefs have been much better lately, as of recently, against the run. But, you know, we just saw them, you know, really get gashed by Chawante Williams. The Chiefs still rank 14th in fantasy points for game, or DK points to running backs. They're 26th in rush TVOA, they're 28th in adjusted line yards, 31st in power rank. And with the, I like, it is shocking to me that Josh Jacobs is seeing a 13% target share in this offense, right? And so, with, with the, with the, with the, Added usage in the passing game with Kenyon Drake out, like he just makes incredibly too much sense at, at his price tag. And honestly, like it, like I said, if you want to stack this this Chiefs offense, I don't mind running it back with Josh Jacobs because of his ability to um, uh, with his pass catching involvement that he's been um, seeing. I just think at, at his price at six thousand two hundred, he just makes way too much sense.
0: I'm gonna be sick. What? I just checked the standings on DK for showdown. That that was an expensive drop. If he catches that, there's only one guy uh between first place and me that has Friermuth that's already ahead of me. So I would have jumped up to second, would have won forty thousand dollars. Oh, that one stings.
1: The the, uh, the oh, that one rolls stings
0: on. last week it was Deontay's touchdown that knocked me out of everything. And this week Friar drop knocks or keeps me out of everything. These Steelers, man these fucking Steelers.
1: Oh, that one stings. That's hilarious. I'm right there. I was looking at it. I'm right there with you. I'm right there. I don't even want to talk about it. We're not talking about it. Let's just, let's move on. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, you know, Hey, a little sweat, a little sweat on, uh, you know, the D the DFS DJ nation pod, you know, you'd love to see it or hate to see it for that matter. Uh, Anyways, do you have any interest in playing Antonio Gibson at 6K? Um, Especially with, I think, J.D. McKissick looking like he's going to be back. He was limited today in practice, so I would assume, you know, coming from the concussion protocol, I would think that he'd be okay. But just the amount of touches that he's been seeing over, over the last, really, three, two to three weeks, even with even – with, um, him in the lineup with with Kissing kristin live he's still seeing a ton of, uh, a ton of opportunities and he's only 6k and i don't think anybody's gonna want to play him or people aren't gonna really play him because of kind of the running backs that are surrounding him and depending on what we end up finding with some of these other running backs but i think a 6k is just still too cheap for antonio gibson and the upside that he provides
0: yeah i mean last week he was like the highest one running back on the slate at 5700 and now he's not projected to be the highest running back on the slate at 6k so it's It's interesting that, you know, he only got a $300 price increase and, um, people aren't still rushing to play him. And to be honest, I didn't play him last week just because of how high owned he was. It's not that, you know, I didn't have confidence in his role. Uh, I thought, you know, he wasn't going to get the entire McKissick role. And I thought maybe the field was overvaluing that just a tad and didn't warrant the, you know, 35, 40% ownership. Um, but I mean, this game against Dallas, we saw, you know, and Gibson, remember Gibson last year on Thanksgiving, he scored what, th- in the 30s against Dallas. So, I mean, you know, he's got their number. Uh, you can run on this Dallas team. Uh, you know, Gibson saw six targets last week uh, with McKissick out. He saw seven two weeks ago against Seattle in the game that McKissick pretty much played the whole game and then ended up getting hurt. So, I mean, 13 targets in the last two weeks. He's getting, you know, at least 20 carries a game. As long as he stays healthy, six uh, K is is simply too cheap for that kind of workload.
1: I agree, and so I, I'm I'm gonna have some interest in him at his price tag at only six K. Like I think I think he does make some sense. Now I'm I'm gonna say this with uh, Javante Williams. At his he's 5900. I hope I think he's still in a great spot here at fifty at at, at his price tag. It's the matchup is still there. Yes, Javante Williams is going to limit some of his ceiling a little bit. But I still wouldn't be surprised, like if this was the game that after he just came up with against the Chiefs, that they really do turn to him and start to feed him a little bit more. And it's not just a fifty fifty split. Um It's because I mean Usually, t- typically, what we see is after the buys, stuff like this happens. But I mean, with, with that with, with that game that he just had, and like I said, at fifty nine hundred against Detroit, and I actually think Melvin Gordon playing would actually be a good thing, just because of his, it's going to keep his ownership down, like, kind of like you mentioned. So I, I do think I'm still going to play some Javante Williams at fifty nine hundred at his price tag. And then I think that the one interesting spot here for running backs this week is going to be the Tennessee running backs here, going against Jacksonville. Oh, I can't. Can't you have be. you have Dontrell Hilliard at fifty three hundred, which you know he's been much more of the pass catcher. Uh, McNichols is back for this game, so you know you have to see that. And then you have uh, Deonta Foreman, who's fifty one hundred. But this is a team that wants to run the football. the The Jaguars are not going to push them whatsoever, and so like I, I don't I don't I don't hate it, but like it, the hard part though with this is. De- deciphering which which is the one that you want to play, right? Because Hilliard, because they they I'm not playing touches. any of them personally. Because <laughs> yeah. we saw so the last game that Hilliard played, he had 12 attempts, 131 yards. Yeah, it he barely odd. saw the
0: field and he he housed that one r- long run that got him there.
1: Yeah, 68
0: yards, 68. Yeah. Well, yeah. what it, so if you take that away, and and you know I'm part of the crowd. You know I hate when people say. Oh, well, if you take away his big play, but I mean, like the big plays contribute to their scores, right? But I mean, Hilliard's not going to go out there. He's not, you know, the A.J. Brown type, you know, that that is built on big plays, I guess is my argument. He's not that that kind of guy that the Leonard Fournette back in Jacksonville that would, you know, carry the ball 20 times for, you know, 40 yards and then rip off a 97-yard touchdown run. Like, Sir- Hilliard is not that kind of player. Uh, you know, there's a anyway, reason that for- he's – buried on the depth chart and it's just you know a change of pace style back so um i'm not banking i guess
1: long-winded to say i'm not banking on another 68 yard touchdown run from hilliard well and and maybe foreman is the better play because so if you look i mean foreman carried the ball 19 times for 109 yards so he was no slouch either in that game and so and he's actually the cheaper running back at 5100 and i mean and really with, Joe, with mcnichols coming back i mean Hilliard was kind of thought to be the pass catching running back because you know, the week before he had all 10 targets and then, you know, he comes back in that game against new England where it was only two, he only saw two in that game, but that game was a really ugly game and uh, it was, it was a blowout, but still like, I was surprised he wasn't nearly as involved in the passing game, but I don't know. Like, I feel like one of these running backs could go, could go off against the Jaguars. Like this is a team that wants to run the ball. Like they're top four and, in, and, in, and in rush attempts per game. And, the Jaguars aren't a team that's going to push them. That's going to make them throw the ball. The Jaguars offense is one of the worst in the league. And so I don't know, like I think, you know, if you could hit one of these, you know, I think maybe Foreman might make the most sense here at 5,100. Like, I don't know. I I think he's going to be a low on play that, that, that could end up paying off in a matchup against Jacksonville. And so I like him. And then I don't know, like, are you going to, so if Jeff Wilson is able to return and it sounds like he was actually, he practiced in full today. So, He's going to be, as long as Elijah Mitchell is not able to come back, he is going to be the start. He's likely going to be the starting running back here at 4,400 against Cincinnati. One, where do you think his owner? Because I remember, I mean, the the week that he started was was what? Against Jacksonville? Yeah, that was against Jacksonville, whatever. He was the lead back in that game. And everybody wanted to play him in that I played him that week. At 5,100, 5, and he only <laughs> scored 6.8. Obviously, yep. did not come at all anywhere close to what we thought that was going to happen in that game. But that was also a little bit different of a game because it was against, it was against uh, Jacksonville and they really just blew the doors off of them. So they didn't really have to do as much. They didn't have to include him in the passing game, which they did not. He only saw two targets in that game, but at 4,400, are you going to play him? So my issue with
0: Wilson is that Hasty is back. And that is the only thing really holding me back from just saying, let me just play a 4,400 Jeff Wilson the same way we we did with Sony Michelle last week, right? Like last week we pretty much knew Michelle was going to get 20-plus carries and see a handful of targets because that's that's what the Rams running back gets on a weekly basis. Um, I mean, yes, the, the 49ers are going to look to run the ball first, and they're going to look to – Uh, you know, split Elijah Mitchell's role between Wilson and Hasty. I'm just, I'm worried that Hasty is going to have a ton of success in the past game against Cincinnati, a team that funnels targets to the running back position. I think they're second, uh, giving up the second most receptions uh, to running backs behind only Seattle uh, in the league. So definitely a a defense, you know, that you can throw to the running back position against. And Hasty is a guy that, has seen a ton of targets out of the running back position. Uh, You look at week two, he had five targets, week seven, coming back, he had six targets week nine. He had four targets. Uh, And that's all, you know, playing as not a main guy. And then with Elijah Mitchell out, this could be a week, you know, where Hasty mixes in a little bit more. Um, I'm just worried. I don't, I don't know what Jeff Wilson's ownership is going to be. I just, I worry about Wilson's lack of pass game involvement, especially with Hasty back that, you know, if they are going to throw the ball to running backs, it's going to be more to Hasty than it is to Wilson. That's really going to eat eat into Wilson's ceiling. And at that point, Wilson would have to go for 120 yards and two scores to burn you. And I just don't see that happening.
1: No, I mean, I think everything you laid out there is is, is true, and I mean, Jamichael Hasty is definitely the more the pass catcher here, but among the two of him and Jeff Wilson, yeah. But I I also wonder with with Jeff Wilson, like I said, it's just was that game script that because he, he's he's been utilizing the passing game in the past. Uh, you know, you go back to last year. I mean, he is a capable pass catcher, and so I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see with that, but with 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 Jeff Wilson at four thousand four hundred, you know. Um, but you're probably right if, if if we get confirmed out Elijah Mitchell especially depending on when that's you probably can, we'll, we'll probably get that news tomorrow because I don't think yeah I mean he hasn't even practiced yet with the concussion that means he hasn't really progressed at all through the concussion protocol so I mean it hasn't been confirmed yet but it, it is definitely 100% trending in the it's sh- you know he's gonna be out type of situation here and so you know with him, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I typically am not somebody. And if he is going to end up being, you know, 30, 40% owned, then no, I'll, I'll, I will be out on that dog. That will be a big no for me because I just don't think that, that he's going to, he, he's not Sony Michelle from last week because he yeah. has somebody else there mm-hmm. that is going to see opportunities. Um, in, in Jermichael hasty. Yeah. So, and Cincinnati's defense has been okay this year, uh, as a has pretty decent, um,
0: They are good against the run. They just can give up a ton of pass work to running backs, and that's where I think Hasty comes in more so than than Jeff Wilson.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, I'm probably going to do it. I know you won't do it, but I'm probably going to do it because uh, I'm me, and uh, I'm not going to have a ton, probably like one or two lineups, but I'm going to have one or two lineups with Rashad Penny in it. He's only forty eight hundred. Saw eleven carries last week. against gets Houston. Houston is terrible against the run. There much better against the pass. I know it, Cody. Cody on our other show that we do uh, for the start Sit, live show. He, he did the same thing whenever I brought up Rashad Penny, for oh. first round pick. But uh, he definitely looks like the most explosive uh, of the of the two. Um, uh, you know between him and Adrian Peterson, which you know, that's not a real high bar to try to beat out a 30, what, 36, 37-year-old Adrian Peterson. Yeah. But uh, Rashad Penny, I think, it gets Houston, uh, 4800 you know, at the price tag, depending on what, you know, if, if you have a lineup that you really love, but I'm probably going to have a little bit of him. So with that being said, is there any other running backs that you want to hit on? No, I
0: think we can move the wide receiver. I'm just going to answer uh, Uzi's question here real quick. He said, is Eli Mitchell confirmed out? Not yet. Uh, he just has not been trending towards clearing the concussion protocol. If he were to get cleared, he's going to play because it's just a concussion, right? It's not like he's dealing with a knee injury that they're trying to manage or anything like that. If he's if he's cleared, he's good to go. But the issue he actually is,
1: was he, no, he actually does have a knee issue um, as well.
0: Oh, he does? Well, yes. the main issue here is the concussion because he can't play if at all if that. He can play through a knee injury. But that's not, I don't think that's what's holding him out right now.
1: Yeah. So he had the concussion. And then Wednesday, he said he was, uh, uh had knee, knee irritation. I don't really know what that I think means, he's, but... I think that's been something he's been playing through, though. I don't know yeah. that
0: that's been, that's something new.
1: But the fact that he hasn't done anything yet, he hasn't even gotten in a limited practice. Yeah. I think he has to get. So if he, I mean, if he doesn't practice tomorrow, he's out. Yeah. It's, it's you, a lot, a lot like this a It's
0: a lot like the CeeDee Lamb situation. You know, they were, they were optimistic and he was trending right. And, but it, it sounds like Eli Mitchell is, is on the, even worse than, than CeeDee Lamb was before yes. the Thanksgiving game. So, yeah, we were assuming Eli Mitchell is out though. He's not been officially ruled out yet, but yes, we can move over to wide receiver.
1: Okay. So at wide receiver, we already have Tyree kill. We talked about 8,500 Stefan Diggs at 8,100. Debo Samuel at 8K. Keenan Allen, which looks like he's not going to play, but he's 7,600. CeeDee Lamb at 7,200. Chris Godwin, 7,100. McLaurin at 7K. Jamar Chase, 6,900. Tyler Lockett at 6,700. Mike Evans at 6,600. DK at 6,500. T. Higgins at 6,400. Marquise Hollywood Brown at 6,300. DJ Moore, 6,200. Hunter Redfro at 6,100. Mike Williams, who was a close contact. We're not sure yet if he's going to play, but he's only 6K. And then, you know, then that, that's, that, that's the list for the, you know, for the 6K and up guys. So where are you – where are we starting out with wide receiver for you this week?
0: Yeah, so I mentioned liking the San Francisco passing attack with Elijah Mitchell probably being out. And, I mean, Debo Samuel has crushed all year. Nobody's going to play him at AK, being next to Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think Tyreek is going to come in as the highest owned wide receiver on the slate, possibly the highest owned player on the slate. Uh, He's currently projected over 30%. So, uh, I mean, we've seen Debo all year. He's, you know, point point totals of 30, 26, 25, 39, 36. So Debo has a ceiling this year that warrants that 8K price tag. uh, And I think his ownership is going to come in way lower, especially with a Q tag next to his name. Um, he, He didn't practice today, which is definitely concerning. Um, so it's definitely something to keep an eye on, but he's been dealing with the same groin injury, uh, you know, for, for a few weeks this year. So if he plays, I'm assuming he's good to go. Um, so I really do like Debo at the top though. I w I won't fault you for playing Diggs or Tyreek for obvious reasons. Um, I just wanted to mention that Debo makes a great leverage off of those two guys, uh, $7,200 CD lamb. I don't think he's going to get as enough, lo- enough love as he should. Uh, he's the alpha wide receiver in that offense. Uh, he he is the go-to guy right now. Uh, Mari Cooper uh, hasn't has been out for a couple weeks, and and you know we want Cooper to play uh, because that does help. You know, see, take some some coverage off of Ceedee Lamb, and and Cooper will play this week. Uh, but seventy-two hundred dollars for for Ceedee Lamb uh, for a guy who's you know pretty much gonna gonna score you twenty plus points. Uh, on a slate like this, where it's low-scoring totals across the board, you know, I, I I think this is a slate that makes sense. You can play C.D. Lamb at seventy-two hundred because there's going not it's not going to be a slate like last week where there are you know multiple guys that are getting thirty to forty fantasy points like we had Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup and uh, Justin Jefferson and Chris Godwin last week all breaking the slate pretty much. Um, I don't think this is a slate that's built like that. I think it's a much lower-scoring slate. So you know, you need to factor in floor and ceiling combos. And I think CeeDee Lamb is a guy who's not going to go out and score, you know, the 40-point the games like Tyreek can, uh, but he's he's also not going to, you know, most games, he's not going to score you single-digit points. So uh, pretty good shot at, at 15 to 20 points for Lamb, and he's got a really good upside for for more. I mean, he's got 100 yards, two touchdown upside any anytime he steps on the field. So I think he's a great play. Uh, we mentioned, you know, the Tampa Bay offense. Uh, with Leonard Fournette coming in as probably the highest run running back up there with Austin Eckler. Uh, I think Chris Godwin and and Mike Evans are both very, very interesting against Buffalo. Uh, Nobody's going to play this passing attack. And uh, when when nobody is going to play something led by Tom Brady, I am uh, heavily interested in that. Uh, Moving down the list, I mean, Terry McLaurin, uh, I know you briefly mentioned him when talking about the quarterbacks, but uh, 7K for a guy who can go over 30 DraftKings points uh, and will be Low owned is definitely somebody I want exposure to. Um, Moving down the list, uh, I'm curious to hear about your thoughts on DJ Moore at 6,200 against Atlanta, um, as well as Julio Jones at 5,400 if he plays. Uh, He's starting to practice again. He's been uh, designated to return from IR and with AJ Brown possibly out uh, as well. He, He could be looking at, you know, being the go-to guy for Tennessee in an offense that desperately needs somebody to step up, uh, and they're playing a very, very bad Jacksonville pass defense. Uh, so Julio Jones at 5,400. Is that something that strikes your fancy assuming he plays this week, or, or you think he's more of a trap? Because um, I would assume he's going to be sem- semi-popular if he plays and A.J. Brown is out.
1: I would think, but it just – what the, the only thing that worries me is like all year he has never – he hasn't really not seen any targets, and he's never really seen like he's on the same page as Ryan Tannehill. The most targets he's seen in a game all year is eight. Like, you know, other than that, it's a bunch of fours and fives, you know? Yeah, and but I, every every game of those has been with A.J. Brown out there,
0: right? Are you or sure? Because
1: I'm pretty sure he had, a, yeah, he had at least a game or two without A.J. Brown because A.J. Brown missed time earlier in the year too. And he was only, he was actually the only healthy uh, wide receiver. I'll have to look just to verify. But um, let's see. But regardless, it's, I just don't think this game script screams to me that you're going to have to throw a lot. And that would be the only concern that I would have really. Because um, I, you know, but at 5,400, he doesn't have to do a ton and it is a great matchup. It's just, I could just see them just being really ugly and slow paced. And all they do is just run the ball the entire time. Yeah, uh, AJ Brown has not
0: missed a game where Julio Jones played. Okay, well, been out there every week. Um, my counter argument to that is, if Derrick Henry was playing, <laughs> yes, I would agree that they would just uh, you know be able to run the ball over and over again. But I mean, you and I have said it multiple times on on you know every week this year that Jacksonville is a pass funnel defense. You can't really you know everybody sees the Jacksonville name and, and assumes you can still run the ball all over them, and, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, I mean, well, Jeff, the Jeff Wilson week, right. Two, three weeks ago, we were like, play, play Jeff Wilson. He got 19 carries and ran it for 50 yards in, with an offensive line that can run the football in San Francisco. Um, and so now you're asking, you know, Dontrell Hilliard and, or whoever, you know, is, is in this Tennessee backfield um, Deontay Foreman uh, guys like that to, to just run the ball over and over and over again. I, you know, I think that, This is such a good spot to get Julio Jones on the same page with Ryan Tannehill. I would not be shocked if they force fed him 10 to 12 targets in this matchup.
1: I mean, it's possible. Uh, Of course it's possible, but the only thing I would say this uh, as well as for Jacksonville is Jacksonville has allowed the 10th most DK points. They've allowed the 11th most rushing yards and the fourth most rushing touchdowns on the season to running backs. So um They've been, you know, the middle of the road. They've been okay against running backs. Yes, they have. And so I will say some of those matchups they've had, uh, they have, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry exploded against them. And then uh, Sonny Michelle, I think, are the only three running backs that have rushed for over 100 yards against them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's not a huge list. And obviously neither, none of these guys are those guys. And so I guess maybe Sonny Michelle, you can make an argument because Sonny Michel is just a guy. But the Titans also don't have... Matthew Stafford and the, you know, the entire pat, you know, pass catching core that they have. So it's a little bit different of a situation, but I don't that's, hate it. It's that's just why I kind of compare him to San Francisco, right? Cause you got a
0: more, you know, managed game manager of a QB, not really. I mean, you've got some weapons on the outside. Um, it's just a lower pass volume offense, but a team that wants to run the ball first. And they had, you know, Jeff Wilson was their starting running back that week and uh, 19 carries for just over 50 yards. So that I, I think that that, that's the most comparable uh, scenario we've seen against Jacksonville. So um, I don't know. I, I just, it just feels like a spot where, you know, we could see a hundred yard and a touchdown
1: Julio. Certainly. I mean, it, it's certainly possible, but we haven't really, I mean, it would be uh, welcome because we haven't uh, seen him do. Yeah, for, We haven't seen it all year. Um, I, I will say this in terms of the, the Tampa Bay wide receivers between Chris Godwin and and Mike Evans, I actually think this is a Mike Evans week, uh, and not a Chris Godwin week. Chris Godwin is going to see a lot of uh, Teron Johnson, and he has been probably their best corner. Uh, they've, they've had. I mean, he has been excellent all year at, at limiting opposing. Uh, and He plays like 86% of the snaps, snaps from the slot. Teron Johnson does. And Chris Godwin uh, leads the team with 60% of the snaps from the slot. And so I think this is going to be a much tougher matchup for him. But, you know, with Tredavious White out for the year with uh, you know, the uh, the knee injury, he's got to see a lot of Dane Jackson, And which <laughs> this is a f- tremendous matchup for Mike Evans. And so I just feel like this is going to be a Mike Evans type of game and so where I don't think, especially with Chris Godwin coming off the monster performance, he just had, the 15 catches ridiculousness that he just had where Mike Evans didn't really pop. I mean, Mike Evans was okay, but I think this could end up being a big time Mike Evans type of game. And, and so I, I like Mike Evans a lot in this matchup uh, against, against the bills. He gets the much better matchup here uh, among everybody. And so, I just like Mike Evans and I just don't think he's going to carry the ownership at all that he should. Uh, and he's also the cheaper one at only 6,600. So that is too cheap for, for Mike Evans uh, as well. Mike Evans should be a 7K type player. Getting him at 6,600 is, is a pretty nice discount. Uh, like I already said, I want I want to play Seattle wide receivers. I've already talked about that, you know, whether it's in a game, if I game stack, if I don't, I like DK Metcalf at 6,500. I feel like he's just ready to pop. He hasn't really had a big game. You have to kind of go all the way back to what? like weeks eight against uh, against the Jaguars we had 22.3 but earlier in the year was when he was really popping but he really hasn't done a whole lot last week he did see eight targets which was uh positive because you know the week before he only had only saw four but like I said against Houston I feel like this is a matchup where we can see this passing offense kind of explode a little bit and we, we know that one of these either DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett has the ability to break this slate that it absolutely can break this slate and I liked um DK Metcalf here at 6,500 his price tag is too cheap and then you know DJ Moore I think interests me for sure because of the matchup the 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 Falcons off or the Falcons secondary can definitely be had I think AJ Terrell tends to be their best corner that they have but he tends to play more in the slot and that's what they end up doing they do the same thing um with him. And so I don't know what they're going to, I don't think he shadows or anything like that, but DJ Moore could certainly, uh, you know, go off in this matchup here. We haven't really seen much from him either. I mean, uh, he's kind of bounced back a little bit, you know, uh, since when he was earlier in the year where he was looking like an absolute fucking monster out there. Uh, but he still hasn't really hit ceiling. I mean, he has one, he scored one touchdown where he got 16 DK points week 11 against Washington. And then he saw 10 targets against Miami, for 4 for 103 and that was it for 17.3 in that game for DJ Moore but the the matchup is definitely there for DJ Moore at 6200. Um it just worries me a little bit but the matchup against Atlanta like I said I love Cam so playing Cam this week is something you could definitely do at his price tag at 5400 it's a cheap stack you can get to if you want to pair him with uh you know with DJ Moore I think you could do that if you want to run it back with with like a Russell Gage type, I, th- I think that is a direction you could go for a really cheap stack. And I think this, this Carolina Atlanta game could definitely shoot out here. Um, These are two teams that are kind of trending in the wrong direction. Atlanta's defense is terrible. And, you know, Carolina coming off their bye, they fired Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. So this offense could look a little bit different as well, but so I don't mind him. I think he's too cheap. Russell Gage is only 5,700, I really want to play the the Broncos wide receivers. I mean, Jerry Judy's 5,600. Cortland Sutton's 5,300. All these wide receivers are so damn cheap. But this passing offense just looks terrible. I mean, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is terrible. And they just can't get anything going. But it is a matchup against the Lions. And if the Lions – but the Lions, I will say, the Lions have been able to keep it close every single week. I mean, they play tough. They play hard. And if they can keep this game close, I mean, I think one of these Broncos wide receivers could end up being a, a, a pretty solid play. I would tend to lean towards Jerry Judy at 5,600. Uh, Cause Cortland Sutton has kind of just been uh, just disappeared. Uh, you know, really over the, really since Jerry Judy has come back. I mean, he's kind of disappeared, but Jerry Judy had one of his better games since he's returned, which is sad to say with k points, four for 77 in that matchup uh, uh, last week against Kansas city. But I, I don't mind Jerry Judy. And then I guess for the cheap wide receivers, is anybody interest you down there? Uh not really. No. No. I mean just,
0: just scrolling through these names, they don't I mean. I guess I do I I I, Char- I, do. I guess the Chargers guys, like Josh Palmer, would be interesting if if Mike Williams were to be out too um i mean even if 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 it's just keenan allen i guess palmer would be interesting um you I, know people I may that, look to guyton but I, I would think palmer would be the guy that gets the biggest bump
1: i do too that's a that's what i was going to talk about because if keenan allen is out i think you see josh palmer move into the slot and he plays primarily out of the slot and because he i mean it's very small sample side but josh palmer played um I think it's fifty six percent of his snaps from the slot. Again, very small uh, sample size, but still, that is where he's primarily played at. And so, with Keenan Allen, if he were to miss this game, I don't, I, I don't really hate that either. Uh, with 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 going to Josh Palmer, um, he is uh, what I think he's the min. I think if not, he's yeah three K. So I mean, he is bare minimum. So I. I think that is a direction go, but uh, Donovan people's Jones at 3,900. I like him a lot. Marlon Humphrey is out. Obviously uh, he's done for the year. That secondary is so banged up in Baltimore. They lost really the only strong corner that they had left. And I get, we have the Browns coming off the buy, which is allowed. Baker Mayfield a little bit of time to heal. Cause that man is just a broken soul out there has injuries to every part of his body and getting this week off. But the Ravens have allowed the most uh, plays of twenty-plus yards on the season, and that is Donovan Peoples-Jones' role is the deep threat here in this offense. And we've seen some big Donovan Peoples-Jones games uh, from from him this year. He has a ceiling. I mean, he's what he had the against Arizona. He had twenty-nine point one in that game, four for one uh, for one hundred one and two, and then a game against Cincinnati. He scored sixteen point six DK points, where he only had two receptions for eighty-six yards and a score. He's definitely the deep threat here in this offense. And I just think that in this matchup against Baltimore, that we, we could really see him. If he saw five targets the last time they played uh, before their bye, but obviously that was with broken uh, Baker, hopefully with this this time off, I think it could actually end up helping him. Um, it's Also,
0: so, also too, uh, Joku might miss that game because uh, he's on the COVID list right now. So uh, if he were to be out, you know, it's not – joku doesn't really get a ton of looks himself but they run a lot of you know multiple tight end sets because he's out he's available but if you were to be out i mean donovan people's jones i would just think would be a lock to see the field
1: pretty much every single snap on offense and it kind of opens some things up too because you have to remember harrison bryant is also out for cleveland so that's i mean they're, they're two that want yeah. to play heavy heavy tight end sets. they, and then- they run a
0: lot of 13 personnel
1: Yes. And then now you don't have him. You don't have him. Uh, you don't. You wouldn't, if you don't have Njoku, that, yeah. I mean, that takes you all the way down is you're really just having Austin Hooper uh, left. The last man standing here at that. Yeah, and, and
0: people may just look to Hooper. And I mean, I think people's Jones is, you know, maybe even a bigger beneficiary just because he's going to be on the field, you know, more than we're accustomed to seeing him on the field.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a name that nobody's going to want to play. It's a Browns wide yeah. receiver. Nobody wants to play Browns wide receivers unless their name is, you know, no one's playing away from the Browns unless his name is Nick Chubb. Um, but, I mean, he's been on the field. I mean, the last – so he he got injured, but he came back week 9, played week 9-10. Uh, I think he missed week 11, but then came back week 12. But week 9, he played 60% of the snaps, 84% of the snaps against uh, week 10, and 71% of the snaps uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. And at the primary corner he saw in that game, Marlon Humphrey. No Marlon Humphrey. The, the week before that, uh, when they we saw five targets, uh, the primary corner he saw in that game, JC Jackson, one of the best corners we've seen this year. So he's had some really tough matchups. So I, I think I think that Donovan Peoples Jones at thirty nine hundred is a pretty strong play. I'm on board. I'm good with it. So he's the he's the cheap guy that I that I really want to get to. Um, if he really like, I don't know, like Brian Edwards at thirty three hundred against Kansas City. We did see him score a touchdown in the same matchup against Kansas City a few weeks ago, where he saw three for eighty-eight and a score in that game, 17.8 DK points. He's only thirty three hundred. I think it's kind of a thin play, but you know, he is thirty three hundred dollars. So, you know, maybe a part of a game sack or something like that. I think you I think you could play him um at thirty three hundred dollars. I don't love it. But that's kind of where I come in at, at wide receivers. And then you you mentioned Josh Palmer. I do think that he is certainly a play. Yeah. I agree. So, but like I said, you know, um, other than that, I th- I think that's kind of, I think that's the wide receivers that I've, that I'm as of right now, really the most interested in outside of, you know, certain game stacks that I may have. Do you have anybody else that you want to hit on? No, I think that does it for me. All right, let's jump over to tight end, which is interesting because we actually get, you know, Kettle, Kettle, Kettle and Kelsey on this slate. So Travis Kelsey, 7,400. George Kittle, 6,900. Darren Waller, it's not looking great. He, he has not practiced yet this week to play at 6,400. Gronk is 6K. Mark Andrews is 5,900. Kyle Pitts is 5,500. Dalton Schultz at 5,400. TJ Hawkinson's at 5,300, uh, who did not practice today, um, which would be uh, a little bit more of a development here as well. But uh, going against Denver, Dawson Knox at 5K. And then you have Noah Fant at 4500 and then they gave the old bump to Foster Moreau, who was absolute chalk last week. That I fade, and I felt really good about. They only scored 4.4 fucking DK points. You didn't get me with, what was he, 30 40% rostered Foster Moreau. I don't care he was 2700 I played Brevin Jordan. Anyway, <laughs> tight end. The biggest question is going to be Kelsey or Kittle? Right? Because Neither. they're both... Neither. Neither. You love living on the edge, especially George Kittle coming out with his monster 42.6 DK points for you know nine catches, 181 yards, and two scores last week. I do like living on the edge. There's so a,
0: There's a tight end that has 9, 10, 10, 8, and 10 targets in the last five games, and he also has a 13-target, 45 DK point game Uh, notched into his belt this year. And that is $5,900 Mark Mark Andrews. Andrews. That is going to go completely overlooked being priced just underneath those guys. Uh, You know, everybody's going to look to play Kelsey and Kittle up there and Waller if he plays, Uh, you know, I wouldn't expect Waller to get a ton of ownership, but um, I don't think people are going to pay 5,900 for Mark Andrews. And I mean, you talk about looking for, you know, floor ceiling combos, on this slate, that's going to be semi-low scoring across the board uh, in terms of total points scored in the games. Uh, you've got a, a guy in Mark Andrews who is literally racking up eight to ten targets a game over the last five weeks, and has two touchdown upside every single time that he steps on the field. Um, and we saw, we've seen this Baltimore-Cleveland matchup uh, shootout. You know, last year that they, they played that wild game where Lamar had to take a poop. Uh, and come back and, and won the game. Uh that was like a 40, you know, like a 45 to 42 score or something, whatever it was, uh last year. Uh they did play uh just a couple of weeks ago. It was 16 to 10. Um, but I mean, Mark Andrews still had 10 targets, four catches for 65 and a score. He got you 17 DK points, which at the tight end position is not bad at all. So um if I'm paying up this week, I think I'm likely going to end up on Mark Andrews just because of how safe. Uh, His role is currently, uh, and he does have two touchdown upside. Other than that, um, I'm going to, if I was going to play a cheap tight end, there are, you know, a couple guys that I would have consideration in. Uh, John Bates is one of them for Washington. We saw, was it two, three weeks ago against Carolina? He played 99% of the snaps because Logan Thomas and uh, Ricky Seals-Jones were both out. So he got the full-time share. Uh, and, and, you know, he only had five DK points, but I mean, he's 3k, so he doesn't really have to do much for you You're pretty much looking for, uh, you know, 10 to 12 fantasy points for him to pay off that salary, uh, for the most part. So, uh, not going to kill you there with only 3k salary, uh, O'Shaughnessy for Jacksonville six targets last week with Dan Arnold out, uh, done for the year. So he is the lead, lead pass catching, uh, lead target getter there in Jacksonville. Uh, which is weird weird to think about. So he's interesting. Uh with Keenan Allen out, Parham Jr., uh tight end for the Chargers is is interesting as well. Uh not really a high volume guy. He's only, you know, only touched five targets once this year. Uh but we have seen him catch three touchdowns on the year. So uh definitely an interesting spot there against the Giants uh with with you know a, a heavy red zone usage guy and Keenan Allen likely to miss this game. Um so yeah they're outside of you know the mark andrews and and those guys up at the top uh there are three guys that i like at around that 2800 to 3k price tag
1: okay well i definitely agree that i think mark andrews is in play at at, at his price tag and the leverage that you're going to get off the especially the higher price guys travis kelsey has absolutely destroyed the raiders in his career i In his career, in 15 games, he has 84 catches for 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns. On in his career, and I just went, I just wanted to look at at Tyree Kill comparatively, and he has 50 catches for 718 and nine touchdowns against them. So, um, which I believe, yeah, so it's a little fluky because he has six rushing or six receiving touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and a return touchdown against them. Because when was younger, and uh, in the in the early years where he was uh, kind of the jack of all trades and do some different things, but Travis Kelsey has has killed them, and the Raiders are surprise, surprise, the second worst team against tight ends on the season, uh, um, it's allowing eighteen DK points a game. Only the only the Eagles who allow 0.7 more DK points a game to two tight ends, and so you know I think that Travis Kelsey has, even though he is seventy four hundred. Is in an, an elite spot here against the Raiders. I mean, he has somebody that could go ten for one hundred and twenty and two uh, for sure um, in this matchup against the Raiders. And then from there, I'm I'm going back to the well. I'm going back to the well. You can't stop me. I'm going back to the well. Brevin Jordan 2500 <laughs> $2, $2, dollars on DK. Seattle has not been very good against tight ends. They allow the fourth most DK points to tight ends on the season. And he's he's getting more involved. The last two weeks, he's played 42% and 60% of the snaps. He ran 15 routes and 12 routes. He's seeing about three or four targets a game. I know it's not a high ceiling, but a tight end position, they don't have to do a lot, at, at, especially at 2,500. Uh, you know, Week 12, he went three receptions, 23 yards at a score for 11, 11.3 DK points. Again, not something elite or anything like that, but at $2,500, I just think that he is something that's, that we should be taking a look at, at at his price tag, especially if you are, you know, you're building a lineup and maybe you only have $2,500 left. I don't mind just plugging him in there in a matchup where they're going to be trailing. They're always going to be trailing. They're always going to have to throw the ball. And he's only $2,500 against a defense that has really struggled to stop um to, to really stop tight ends plus Jamal Adams. They lost him. That's going to be a big blow to that, you know, to, to that, that, that secondary as well. And so Brevin Jordan's $2,500. Okay. I'm, I'm going to just keep, I'm just going to, we're just going to keep talking about him every, every single week. And, you know, uh, he just continues to get uh, a little bit more involved, a little bit more involved and he's running routes. And so, uh, you know, at his price at $2,500, I, I think he's interesting play at that price tag. And then Austin Hooper, if all these tight ends are going to be out against the Ravens, they're missing Marlon Humphrey, who a lot of times they put on tight ends. $3,400. Yeah. You have to have interest in Hooper. Uh, If Njoku misses. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think those, are, those are kind of the spots I'm going to go to Kel, you know, Kelsey for sure. I'm definitely going to have some Mark Andrews. Love that. Um, You know, d- past that you know I don't there's nothing that, that ultimately stands out to me. Ricky seals Jones sounds like he's gonna be back at 3600 we know how much he was involved whatever he played uh back before Logan Thomas was out um uh, but it sounds like he is trending towards playing at thirty six hundred dollars but he is somebody that I would be interested to see how much chalk he's gonna he's going to be because that's because whenever whenever so when Logan Thomas was out I mean he was pretty much playing almost 100 hundred of the snaps you know, you had 198, 94, 98. He was running a uh, just an incredible amount of, of routes: 24, 36, 34, 39, 31. Seeing a lot of targets: eight, six, seven, 4. So, he, you know, he was he was heavily involved in that offense. And so, in a matchup, that they're going to be trailing Ricky Seals Jones at 3600. I don't know how you can't have some interest in that, even against you know, even against the Cowboys here. Yeah, that's all the same reasons I mentioned John Bates. If we're if Seals Jones were to miss. Yes. All right. So, any other Titans you want to talk about?
0: Nope.
1: Okay. So, a defense I, I mean, if Jake Fromm is the end up being the starter, do we just <laughs> do we just say fuck it, we're just going to play I mean, I know we we never pay up for a defense, but a $4300 defense going no. against Jake Fromm. I'm not paying
0: $4300 for defense, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Because it he he's probably likely to make a lot of low risk throws, right? Like a lot of dump offs to Saquon Barkley. Like they're they're not going to stretch the field with Jake, Jake from State Farm. Like it's that's
1: not gonna it's not gonna happen. Yeah. And who was the Who was the bat uh, the Bills the Bills quarterback uh, was it was it Peterman Nathan Peterman Yeah. Remember against the Chargers where he threw like five interceptions? Yeah, or he something threw five like that? interceptions. Yeah, I mean maybe we got to get In like the first that. half. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um. Anyways. But you so so you have him at 4,300. You have the Broncos at 3,800, uh, the Titans at 3,700, the Saints at 3,600, Cowboys at 3,400, the Chiefs at 3,300, the Bucks at 3,200, and the Seahawks 3,100 against Houston. I don't really mind that. And then 3K 49ers. And let's go down to the spot that we normally start at, and that's that is at the very bottom of the barrel. The Giants are 2,300 against that same Chargers, the Jags are 2,300, the Lions are 2,400, the Texans are 2,400, the Jets are 25. Washington football teams twenty five hundred, and you have the Raiders at twenty six, the Browns at twenty seven hundred. Where are you going at defense this week? Uh
0: how many times have we played Carolina this year? I'm just gonna probably go right back to the well. Uh last time they played Atlanta, they scored eleven DK points and they're only twenty eight hundred. They called they cost thirty one hundred that week. I don't know why DK uh dropped their price tag down, but Carolina will be the defense that I likely plug in. Uh twenty eight hundred against Matt. Dusty ass Ryan.
1: I don't mind that. I, <laughs>
0: I uh <laughs> I mean they're what they're top three in adjusted sack rate as well. Uh so Carolina gets good pressure on the quarterback too. They're number so. one at adjusted sack. Yeah, they're sack number right? one. So there you go.
1: They they so have the, been
0: improved.
1: Um, the defense that I have some interest in is the Browns at twenty seven hundred dollars. I don't hate that either. Um, they are ninth in adjusted sack rate on the air. We've seen Lamar just, I don't know really what in the, the fuck he's doing lately with some of these interceptions that he's throwing. But I mean, since week nine, he has thrown eight interceptions over that span. He is just throwing kind of some YOLO balls out there that are just, it just look terrible. Um, so, but the Browns, you know, like I said, at 2,700, I, I do like that at, at that price tag uh like I said they are a team that can definitely get after the quarterback coming off the buy so they should be relatively healthy here so $2,700 Browns at home uh, I I do like them have some interest there and I don't really mind the Jets at $2,500 I mean my god did you see how bad that, that Taysom Hill looked as a passer um and you know the Jets the last couple of weeks have been an offense that that hasn't looked necessarily terrible and you know, the Saints, it's not like the Saints offense is some world beater either, you know, like with what their pass catchers they have. And it's entirely possible that the Jets could get out a little bit early on this team here. Uh and and so, you know, 2500 dollars Jets with with Taysom Hill out there, the tight end trying to throw balls, you know. Um, I can't believe Debro likes Taysom Hill. Like I <laughs> yeah, you know, I like Debro so much, but man, the the Taysom thing doesn't make any sense to me. But I digress. Uh so that that's that's kind of the defense that I'm looking at the Browns, the Jets. I like the Panthers call as well. I highly doubt I'll play the uh, the Chargers, even though it makes a lot of sense at forty three hundred. I just unless I just happen to have that amount sitting around for a defense, I will. But that typically never happens because I typically just whatever small amount of money I have left, that's uh, I'll find somebody to plug in there. So um, I, I can't imagine I'll be able to get up to the, the Chargers because I'm not going to allocate money to play them. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Okay. So I think it's time for the, you know, the, the time for what everybody comes for, you know, is for, it's for the lineup build. What Walido, we're, we're not going to put respect on Taysom Hill's name. He's a great tight end. <laughs> he's a, he's a great gadget player, Walido. Okay. But he is a terror. I don't know if you saw those passes that the man was throwing with uh last week, but it was embarrassingly bad. Some of the throws that he made miss Traquan wide open should have been a walk-in touch on somebody had him on showdown it would have helped it would have been real nice for the for the lineups had he could have hit uh Traquan, but he did not uh RIP to Marius Thomas yes uh we heard about that right before we, we we went live it's uh incredibly sad 33 years old it sounds like it's pretty much been confirmed that they found him uh he passed away um that's all really that we know but 33 years old that's incredibly sad for somebody, you know, yeah. and all the stories, some of the stories that have been coming out a little bit about him, how much of an awesome per- just person that he is. It's not even a- accounting for, uh, you know, what he did in the NFL. Like that's secondary, you know, but at- off the field and how great of a player or how good of a person he was. So it sounds like he was a really awesome dude. So incredibly sad, 33 years old uh, to pass away uh, with so much life left. So yeah. You yeah. know, RIP uh, DT, even though I am a Chiefs fan, I'm from Kansas city. I hate the Broncos, but uh. That doesn't matter. He was uh, an no, incredible wide receiver matter. in his prime. Yeah. So it was, that was like him and Des Bryant were like battling every year for like the you know big time touchdown guys. He made Tim Tebow look good. He did. He did. I'll never forget that playoff game. That, that playoff off. game in the, in the over in overtime where he yep. got that game, the game winning touchdown. House called it. Yeah. Uh, God, Tim, Tim Tebow actually funny because Tim Tebow and uh, T- uh, Taysom Hill one kind of one in the same really. If we're being honest. Um, both, true. Not great throwers of the football. <laughs> Anyways, so let's build this lineup. Where are we starting? Uh, let's just l- make it easy and
0: lock in uh, Panthers defense. Let's go. Let's go, <laughs> go let's go. Yeah, let's go ass backwards this time.
1: Okay, let's lock in the Panthers. Let's go with. You know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Patrick Mahomes.
0: Okay. Alright. This is interesting.
1: Didn't expect you to go there. Uh for playing Mahomes. You know yeah. what? I was gonna go. I was gonna say, but I didn't say it. I was gonna say, let's go Cam Newton. That's what I was actually gonna say. But No, I'm good with it. Uh
0: if you're playing Mahomes. Kelsey. I like. I'm a, I'm going to let you pick between Kelsey and Tyreek, but I like Josh Jacobs on the other side regardless and he's probably uh I would look to get my touchdown equity through Jacobs from the Raiders. Similar to a, a, a you're looking at a, a kind of a play a game to play out like on Thanksgiving, right? A shootout in the 30s on both teams and and Josh Jacobs scored twice that game. So that's, you know, that's pretty much what you're looking for. Uh I like Jacobs this week, so but I'd put him in. All right, we're going to go ahead and lock in Travis Kelsey at seventy four hundred. All right, we are fishing for value now for the rest of our team. We talked about n- no cheap wide receivers that we like, and now we are having to uh, sift through.
1: Oh, the I got bottom one. of
0: the barrel, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. I will take him from you. That's 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 that's
1: that's the guy I was talking about. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Good luck, sir. Let's figure out what we're gonna do at running back, Now I'll be able to figure out what we can do at wide receiver. I already had
0: somebody plugged in that I didn't uh, that I didn't mention. Who's that? Alvin Kamara. That's why my salary went off the
1: board. Okay. Can we play two tight ends and go Mark Andrews? If it'll fit, yeah. Well, so if we do, that'll leave us at 3950 remaining per the two wide receivers we would have left. What we could do is we could plug in Josh Palmer, and that would leave... Or Brian Edwards, a part of the game sack, if we wanted to do that too. That would leave $4,900 left. Or... I was thinking we could just maybe, if we're
0: playing Mahomes and only have Kelsey, we could throw in one of these dirt cheap Kansas City secondary guys, like a a Byron Pringle. I mean, Pringle has two games of double-digit points this year, and so does Demarcus Robinson. And Pringle's 32, and and Demarcus is 3K. So I, I don't hate that. Um, if on a team where you're playing Mahomes at 8k, right? Because you need him to throw four touchdowns pretty much. Uh, and Pringle, uh, his 14.6 game was against Las Vegas five targets, 46 yards, and a tutty. I mean, he's pretty much Pringle has turned into an almost an every down player over Hardman. Hardman is not getting any more run, which is crazy. You look at snaps, because... and Hardman's
1: snaps have, and routes have just fallen off a cliff. That's because Nicole Hardman is an idiot, and and he 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 does a lot of really dumb things. A lot. Um, he continually just stops on his routes, which really, um, which the Chiefs hate because with Patrick Holmes them running around and everything else. Um, so anyway, I digress. Who the hell are we gonna play? <laughs> Because I, I'll be honest. Looking at all these wide receivers, I'm like, I don't love any of them. The other option is to come off Kamara
0: and play Antonio Gibson or Saquon Barkley. You, you have a preference?
1: I'm side with Saquon, assuming he plays. But so okay, so I have a giant that I that that I was kind of thinking about. Oh wait, th- this actually might be the build. What if you take Kamara out and you play
0: Barkley and you play Pringle? Then that leaves 6,600, which is Mike Evans, who I know we both love. Oh, it does. He fits in perfectly. He fits in perfectly. And I don't hate that build at all, to be honest. Okay.
1: That's that's what we're doing. That's where we're going. I like that. I like it. All right. So we're locking it in. So the, the lineup is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Jacobs, Saquon, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Byron Pringle, Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews going with a double tight end, get a little trade with the Panthers' D-0 dollars remaining for this lineup lock it in i like that lineup i do too so we're, we'll get out of here we'll answer a couple questions then we'll get out of here hey guys have have had have, have you had a dale sighting <laughs> so we had last night in our uh the star set show we had um we had somebody that i mean literally this guy had like just a, a plethora i think he had like eight or nine just accounts. I mean, literally, as soon as he would jump off that one, he'd go to another one, and so yeah, uh, he's the that, you know, same to. guy. Yeah, well, I mean, it was definitely the same guy, but I was surprised of how many fake accounts he had. <laughs> um, it was it, it was pretty funny though. Um, anyways, on a so serious hilarious. note, should I stash Devontae Parker Mooney or Claypool for Week 15? Would you either start him or over half PPR Pittman? I would have to go and look at the schedules for next week. I'm not, you know, I'm not. My head my space is not at Week 15 yet. But all of those guys, how I don't know how many of these guys are even available. Like all these guys should be rostered. Um, if I had to rank them, I mean, just off of pure, uh, you
0: know, offensive involvement, it has to be Mooney at the top of that list, right?
1: Yeah, let, let, actually, let me—I I already pulled it up, so let me—I'll be able to tell you who everybody's playing. So the Bears have the Vikings. Yeah, Mooney. <laughs> Mooney. <laughs> That's easy but you have the Steelers against the Titans at home. Yeah, but Claypool, he's just so hit or
0: miss, man. Oh, for sure. Mooney's locked in with pretty much double-digit
1: targets these days. The Dolphins get the Jets. God, I see I see why you why why you're considering these guys. And then you have the, the actually the Colts playing the Patriots so the, uh, on Saturday because they yeah, that's right. Saturday games start next week. So, the Colts, yeah, I mean Pittman's going to see J.C. Jackson all game long, probably. Yeah, and he probably has the worst matchup of all of them.
0: Yeah. I would definitely – it would be – I'd probably say Mooney 1A, Parker 1B, and then Claypool just behind those two guys. And all three of them over Pittman.
1: Yeah, with that matchup.
0: Just for week 15.
1: Just for week 15. Yeah. I think that's probably what I would go to. So, yeah, I would look to stash Devontae – probably Mooney and Parker. Or Mooney first, and then Parker uh, would be next up after that. Jalen Guyton or Josh Reynolds for this week. I would probably go Josh Reynolds just because he's the yeah. guy singing at a lot of targets and it's a I don't hilarious
0: picture. Yeah. So Jaylen, anyways, hanging out his mouth.
1: I appreciate So I think that'll pretty much wrap it up. Week 14 is now officially in the books. Uh, be sure to jump into our absolutely free discord. Uh, you know, we got the DFS chat in there, redraft dynasty, you know, keep saying every week, player props, all kinds of stuff going on in there. Chats always lit. Always uh, a lot of people talking in there. So uh, absolutely free. Uh, You know, I put a link in the description for every podcast. Or you can go to our YouTube channel, fancyauthority.com if you're listening to this on podcast. And you can, you know, there will be a link in the description of that as well. Like I said, absolutely free. Love to see some more people in there, especially for the DFS side. Uh, You know, uh, me, Maddie, and Ryan. Uh, Are all in there as well. So, uh, you know, you want to hit us up. We can talk some DFS. You know, especially as things change, Friday tends to be a big news day for uh, you know stuff coming out about players who are in, who are out, some surprise you know names that maybe get put on COVID or whatever. So, but with that being said, I appreciate all the support this year. I cannot believe Week 14 is already here. Uh, We are not even. We're a couple of weeks away from Christmas, and then shortly after that, we'll have NFL playoffs start. Which, again, it is truly one of my favorite you know stretch of like two or three weeks of the season of, yep. of games because you have think such more, so more condensed but it's gonna be interesting to see how they do things this year with the schedule because I think if I remember correctly we have a Monday night game this year on a wild card weekend which I I, I really really hope that DK doesn't chop it up to be a Saturday slate a Sunday slate and a showdown slate They will. Know, typically in the past we' all just you know you get one around the two days so I hope they don't do that or else I'm gonna be really frustrated. Uh, but they probably will because, you know, they're greedy bastards. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that being said, I, I appreciate everybody checking out the show. I appreciate everybody checking out the video. I appreciate everybody rocking with us in chat tonight. We will see you guys again next week for the Week 15 Main Slate Breakdown. Hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. And we will catch you on the next one. We out! We out! Think you can tell me what to do?
0: Who you talking to?